great you can share this morning. I know God's been um, stirring your heart for a little while, and uh, I think God's timing is just perfect. And uh, I'm, look, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, just uh, hearing what God speaks through you to each one of our hearts this morning. So go for it. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Right, so today uh, I want to share a message with you. I've just labelled it Peace 101. Uh, the reason for that is it's a verse that's been on my heart for quite a long time. And um, I've been just feeling the urge I need to share that. So in today's world, who wants more peace? Yeah. Good, I hope so. Because in a world where Christian values seem to be decaying, we have war, disease where right is wrong and wrong is right, uh, social media pollution, the perversion of God's word, we need peace more than ever. Yeah. And we've definitely gone through a couple of years where that has really come to the front. We need peace in our lives. The issue is, in the world, they'll give you solutions for this that don't bring you true peace. So social media puts out there the perfect life. We've got Xboxes, we've got gambling and sport and drinking and just a whole range of things that has been pushed on us that's meant to give us peace. But it doesn't give us true peace, does it? There's only one source where we can actually get a true peace. Because true peace comes from within. It's not about your outward circumstances. So the verses I am going to actually share on is um, Philippians 4, 4 to 8. So a lot of you guys will actually know some of these verses. I expanded a little bit because I think the range of verses I'm going to share on are really important in the way they flow and what they're trying to teach us. Um, and God had been consistently, and when I make consistently, I'm talking over 10 years putting this verse on my heart. And there's a reason for that. A, I'm a little bit slow <laughs> on the uptake. Um, but secondly, when you look into it, you do a little bit of your own research and you listen to the Holy Spirit, there is so much in these verses for us to share. Yeah, it's good. Obviously, it's a book of Philippians and it was written by Paul, most likely while he was in jail, okay? And it's called the Book of Joy. Now, there's a little bit of a message just in that. In fact, the Book of Joy was written while he was in jail, mm. okay? So there's a little less in that just there as it is. So for a long time... I believe joy would come when everyone around me was going well. I actually believe it was my job to make sure everyone around me was going well. This is predominantly family and my work environment, but I felt it was my responsibility when everyone else was doing well, then it was okay for me to be happy. And I don't mean the ability just to laugh or to have a little bit of joy. I meant a deep down heart belief that I'm okay. That's pretty sad. Because my, my peace and my joy doesn't come from my outward circumstances. It took me a long time to learn that. So today I really, really hope that through the Holy Spirit, you guys get this message a lot quicker than it took me to get it. And I'm not there yet by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm definitely a lot further down the path of having this ingrained, making it a heart belief. Okay. So I'm going to read the, the verses out now. I'm going to read them in 
two different versions, predominantly uh, New King James and the Passion. Then I'm going to read 4.8 also in the message, okay? Um, just because I really want you to see the, dip, the way they're translated slightly different and, and how it comes across. So let's look at the New King James Version first. I'm not sure, is it big enough for you guys to read almost? <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It really is an awesome passage. And um, one thing you guys are going to learn today is you're going to see where Joey got his awesome pronunciation skills, okay, from a couple of weeks ago. Okay, let's look at it in the Passion Version. Be cheerful with joy celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship for the Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout your day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace, which transcends human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on what is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Now let's just look at 4.8 and the message. Summing it all up, Friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Aren't they awesome verses? Yeah. And when you do read them in different uh, translations like that, you just get a, a good understanding of exactly what it's trying to let you know and read into it and learn from it so you can take it in. So what I want to do is actually go through each one of these verses and break them down. And the reason I break them down is because sometimes we read the Bible and we gloss over the words and we don't get a lot out of it. These verses are really a how-to, how to get it, how to keep it. So I want to break that down for everyone, okay? So let's look at Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. So the word rejoice in one form or another, including happy or joy, is used over 200 times in the Bible. Okay? So what is Paul actually saying here? It's actually really clear. It says rejoice in the Lord. And he repeats it. Again, I say rejoice. So what does that mean? Surely he doesn't expect us to always be joyful, happy and rejoicing, does he? Well, I actually think he does. And I think he had the example of how it can be done because he was in prison when he wrote this. Yeah. So it can be done. So what are we rejoicing in? And it's really something we have. These are the things we've got to look into and actually understand. When you realise the truth, it's a lot easier to step out in it. 
So let's look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, there it is, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, such there is no law. So if you're born again, if you have invited God into your heart, you already have joy. So if joy is something we have, rejoicing is something we do. Yep. So why don't we always rejoice? Well, I get it. There's actually lots of reasons. It's called life. And there are, our circumstances can rob us of our joy and of our happiness. But what we need to do is look at these verses, understand them, and know how to apply them to our life. So Paul here is actually very clear. It's founded in fact. We already have joy. It is in us. It is a fruit of the Spirit. So the verses do not say rejoice in your circumstances. Because our circumstances aren't always joyful. It says rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. Our joy is in the Lord. Everything he has done for us already. Everything he has defeated on our behalf. We rejoice in our relationship with him. The fact that we can go to him unhindered by our guilt, sin, shame, failings or circumstances. This fact has provided all of Galatians and all the promises in the Bible for us free. This is not an instruction to be happy. I get it. There are so many things in our lives that can rob happiness. So rejoice is actually a verb. It is something we do, whereas happiness is a state of being. Yeah. We can rejoice regardless of what's happening. Yeah. Paul wouldn't have asked us to do so if it wasn't possible. So this actually implies we have self-control over our emotions. Look out. How many people are cringing? Um, so we can actually control our emotions and hence how we react, regardless of our circumstances externally. And again, I think Galatians said something about that, right? Give to the Spirit, self-control. Yep. Outward circumstances may come against us, but inward joy is always ours because we are in the Lord. We may be confident in all situations, for God's word says, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. And in your presence is fullness of joy. So no matter what our circumstances, we can always be glad and take great pleasure in and enjoy the Lord. It's through it all throughout his word. So he's still asking how, right? I haven't told you how yet. So let's look at 4.5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Amplified expands that a little bit. It says, let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. I think Galatians is there again. It's another gift of the spirit is gentleness. So the word gentleness, and here we go, this is where you're going to see where Joey gets it from, is Greek, in Greek it's epikis, something there like that. It actually means mildness, gentleness, and moderation. The word originally indicated a thoughtful, considerate, and decent outlook, a sweet reasonableness. Mm. And also notice it's to all men. 
just your friends or your family or people you're happy with at the time. It's to everyone. We are to let our light shine all the time. So we have a quick look at Matthew 5, 14 and 16. You'll see that all of the verses, everything we read in the Bible can be cross-referenced and reinforced by the word. We don't have to make it up. You're, you are the light in the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those in the house who are near. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is actually one way we get to witness to the world. It's one of the attractants to non-believers to the Lord. This is not a position of weakness, nor is it a position to be treated like a doormat. However, I think this verse also challenges our heart beliefs. Because out of our heart, we act. So 4.6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made, be known to God. This is also another tough one because it actually says nothing. Mm. It doesn't say some things, a few things, or the big things. It says nothing. He wants you to give it to him. And this verse has a lot in it that I'm going to quickly look at because it's there's a way... It's a way we approach it that actually helps us get there. So it says with supplications and thanksgiving. Supplication is actually quite simple. It's being humble, earnestly, seriously, sincerely asking God. And with thanksgiving, that is also reasonably simple. It's just an acknowledgement of his divine, heavenly, eternal, transcendent favour over our lives. Isn't that awesome? His divine favour over our lives. That's already been done. We just need to learn to acknowledge that and accept that in our lives. So without thanksgiving, it's almost complaining, right? So we don't want to go to God complaining. Thanksgiving moves us into faithful prayer. It's good. We pray from a position of faith for what has already been done. And for what favour we already have. We don't need to beg. It's being done. Well, Fiona said it in community. We can go to him boldly. We don't have to cower. The other word that's worth looking into in the Greek is the word um, prayer. And so the Greek word for prayer is prochet. Translated as prayer in this verse means prayer or worship. Okay? This is saying that we need to praise the Lord. It also moves us into faith. Mm. Then we make supplication to the Lord. So, so don't be worried. Through worship. I've got a loud enough voice anyway. I'm not going to yell. Is that better? Yep. So don't be worried. Through worship and sincerely asking God while thanking him, give him all your concerns and requests. We do this in faith 
and we give all our cares, not just some, to him with no doubt. So Philippians 4, 7, then moves on to say, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So again, how awesome is this? The outcome of doing 4, 6 is peace. Yeah, it's great. If we lack God's peace, we can say we've actually not taken all our cares and left them at his feet. If we don't give up control... It's very hard to get his peace. Care will blind us to God's peace. Because if you're focusing on what's happening around you, not focusing on God, and you step out of peace. When we eliminate that care, peace flows. Paul is speaking of God's peace here, not human peace. Because human peace is only experienced in the absence of problems. God's peace is independent of circumstances and infinitely greater in supply than any problems we can ever experience. We all have things we don't understand and those who are relying on themselves can't have peace in a situation like that. They feel like things are out of control and fear takes over in those circumstances. And I get it, we're human. And I also get it, it's natural to end up down that pathway a lot of the time. But as believers, we have God's supernatural peace that transcends, surpasses, exceeds, trumps, goes beyond all human understanding. So we need to step out of care and step into peace. It's a supernatural peace that go, that keeps our hearts and minds at ease. Those who lack peace, like this peace, will be tormented by all sorts of situations. But God's peace is like a fortress to the devil. Before the devil can get to our hearts, he has to get us to step out of peace. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. God's peace will protect you. The other thing I want to point out here is notice the importance of protecting and guarding your heart. It's been throughout these verses. There are so many situations where we need God's peace. And if we can slow down and try and step out of thinking we've got control of everything and we can do the whole lot and give it to God, we can have that peace. It's a peace actually that the world says we shouldn't have. <coughs> And Philippians 4.8, I think, really wraps this up. I think it's a key piece. It's about protecting your eye and ear gates. It's about protecting your heart and focusing on all that's good. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, there's any, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Often I think, and I know this is me, I won't speak for anyone else, but I used to read um, 6 and 7 and stop there. But 8 is also extremely important. This is the how to keep it. 
it's all right in the situation to try and give your problems a guide and then half hour later, an hour later, you forgot what you've done, something attacks you again. But if you're doing eight or eight here, it helps you keep in that and stay in that place continually. So Paul is urging us to reflect and meditate on eight positive principles of thinking that will lead to victorious Christian living. And I think they're up on the board. So true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, and praise. And what I've done there is put up a few of the other words that help expand out on the understanding of the, the words I've just spoken about. Paul also states, whatsoever. So this means everything that fills these eight principles, both spiritually and naturally. Because everything God created everything that's good in the world. Go out there and look at nature. It's amazing. We need to be able to readily discern spiritual truths and natural truths from lies. And truth is truth, whether it's in the church or it's at home or it's at work. Focusing on the good in every area of our lives is what Paul is advocating. Failure to recognise God's blessings in everyday living will cause us to care and be anxious, therefore stepping out of God's peace. <coughs> However, recognising God's hand in, in even the smallest things will cause peace. Comfort and keep our hearts and minds in God's peace and protection. It's actually an awesome thing to do is look at all the things in your life for the good. Even if it's a little, even if you're in a really bad situation, nothing looks like it's good. There's always something we can focus on. And honestly, the most important one can be the, the amazing gift you've got within. You've got the Holy Spirit within us. You've got everything we need. We've got to learn to rely on that. Sticky bit. Um, so in, in summary, put simply, what is all this saying? Well, choose joy because God has done it for us already. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us and therefore everything we need. Let God in us out. Yeah. Let the world see through us. So grace, love, joy and not anger, impatience and the business of the world. We can let that consume us. <coughs> give it all to God through worship, prayer and thankfulness and receive the peace that the world says we shouldn't have and bathe in it enjoy it and finally stay in this place focus only on all that is good from God and nature from family, work and friends and put aside what is not So Philippians 4, 4 to 8 is like peace 101. It is the how to. It's the how to get it. It's the how to keep it and how to protect our hearts. It is the book of joy. So what I'm going to do is I want to read out a whole bunch of who needs statements or who wants statements. If that's anyone here, when I read those statements, just stand, and then we're going to finish in prayer. And I'll be surprised if most people don't stand up on the first one. So who needs God's peace? 
used to. <laughs> okay, who wants to choose joy over sadness? Yeah. Who wants to let God shine strong through them and bring light out of the darkness? Mm. Who wants to be carefree, stress-free, and trust God's got it? Mm. Who wants to focus on things that build us up and don't bring us down? Who wants to protect their heart? Who wants God moving through their lives? Who wants all God has for them? His limitless peace and abundant life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad there's no one sitting. Because <laughs> that's why we're here, right? So I'm just going to quickly pray. Mark's going to come up and join me. And um, close. I, I really hope that's been very helpful to everyone. Um, I think I've probably talked a little bit too fast, but that's all right. Okay. Dear God, we just thank you that you've done everything for us already. It is done. And you've actually given us, you've given us the tools, dear God, to receive it and live in that abundant life you have provided. We thank you you've given us your word and the ability to live in peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. I pray for peace over everyone here today, dear God. I pray for abundant life. And I thank you that we have a peace that just, that regardless of our, our outward circumstances, we have an inner joy because of you. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I just thank you, dear Father, that your word, your Holy Spirit has spoken over and here today. And we walk out of here with a better understanding of how to live in your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, before we, uh, we thank Adam, just as we're praying, I'm just mindful there's people here today that are anxious about something. You know, I want you to just take a moment, we're just going to just a few moments here, but if you're here this morning, you've got something you're anxious about, something you're troubled about, just just give us a little wave. Just say, Mark, I'm, thank you, thank you. I'm troubled by, I'm anxious by this. There's this thing going on that I just can't fix, I can't do, I can't resolve, I can't. Can you identify? I want you to, I want you to name it. Just to yourself. Don't you tell the person next to you. Don't you tell me. God knows what you're troubled by. He knows what you're anxious about. And I love what God speaks through scripture, which, which Adam so wonderfully highlighted to us this morning. To be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and thanksgiving. So that's the bit I want you to focus on right now. For those who raised their hand and said, Mark, I'm troubled by this, I'm anxious by this, this thing I'm trying to, I just can't. I want you to start thanking God. Thank you, God, for freedom or breakthrough, peace. Thank you, God, for turn of events. Thank you, God, for a good report. I want you to, for those who raised their hands, or even if you did, just identify that one thing and, and turn that into a prayer to God. Thank you, God, that you've set me free. You do that, not me. Thank you, God, that we can come and boldly into your throne. I thank you into your throne room. 
I thank you, Lord, that even right now that you've heard every prayer that's gone to you, every anxious thought, every, every worry, every concern. You've, you, you, not only do you see, you've heard. And Lord, I just thank you that you are at work. You are at work in the unseen realm, that you are, you are doing something that we not, not always can understand. But Lord, I thank you that your peace is available right now for everyone who raised their hand and could acknowledge something they're troubled by. And Jesus, we just declare that peace. And we thank you that today we'll learn how to, how to find it, how to get it, and how to keep it. And that's through the power of your spirit at work in us, bringing your word to life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A big hand for Adam. That was brilliant, mate.